This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. Good morning, I'm John Trout. It's Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. A Senate border bill has gotten derailed before it could even get started. Turns out they want all talk and no action. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. The high court hearing a case that could keep Donald Trump off the ballot in multiple states. I'm John Stolnes in Washington. Officials say a U.S. drone strike has killed a high-ranking militia commander in Iraq. Sagar Megani, Washington. A medical examiner in Georgia out with a ruling surrounding the death of a baby during childbirth. I'm Clayton Neville. The S&P 500 index is ever so close to 5,000 and Disney reports a whopping quarter. I'm Jessica Ettinger. Some parents say they're confused on when to keep their sick children home from school. I'm Donna Water. All ahead on America in the Morning. A bipartisan bill to revamp border security failed to cross a key hurdle in the Senate. Correspondent Linda Kenyon is reporting from Washington. The yeas are 49, the nays are 50, three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn not having voted in the affirmative. The motion is not agreed to. And with that, it was back to the drawing board, as the bill didn't even have enough votes to begin debate. The bill was crafted by a small group of senators, including Republican James Langford, who said the measure would break a logjam over border security that has existed for years. It's been three decades since we've passed anything to a law to be able to change border security. Democrat Kirsten Sinema was also part of the negotiating team. She was frustrated by the outcome of the vote. Less than 24 hours after we released the bill, my Republican colleagues changed their minds. Turns out they want all talk and no action. The Senate's top Republican, Senator Mitch McConnell, initially supported the border bill until he didn't. We had a very robust discussion about whether or not this product could ever become law. And it's been made pretty clear to us uh, by the speaker that it will not become law. In addition to border security, the bill also included foreign aid for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific. But after it failed to advance, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer proposed a different bill, one without the border component. For all those Republicans who said, well, who first said, well, we want it with border and now say we want it without border, they got both options. Republican J.D. Vance posting on social media called both options bad ones. It's really the worst of all possible worlds. Send $61 billion to Ukraine while doing nothing to secure our own border and also give away all of our leverage to achieve real border security. While Democrat Mark Kelly told Fox News failing to fund Ukraine could lead to dire consequences. I don't know what's going to happen with Ukraine. I mean, Putin is going to run all the way up to the Poland, Poland border eventually and put our NATO allies uh, in harm's way. We could have a, a larger war in Europe. At the same time, we would fail to support our allies in Israel. We would l be less prepared in the Western Pacific. All the while, Ukraine has been pleading for more help from the U.S., conserving its firepower amid a relentless Russian assault. Linda Kenyon, Washington. With just nine months to go before the presidential election, the Supreme Court is set to involve itself in a case that could have more direct impact on an election since Bush versus Gore in 2000. John Stolnes is in our nation's capital. 
Lawyers representing six Colorado residents are set to argue before the justices that Donald Trump's role in the January 6th riots at the Capitol amounted to insurrection, which should allow states like Colorado to kick him off their ballots. This follows a ruling by the state's high court a few months ago that found Trump incited the deadly riot at the Capitol in a speech just beforehand. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections. David Sherman, chief counsel for Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, says a win for Colorado would mean the justices believe Trump did engage in insurrection and should be prevented from taking office. He would not be on enough ballots to uh, to mathematically prevail. However, a vote in favor of Trump would negate similar rulings by courts in Maine and other states. Trump has attended previous hearings in New York regarding his businesses, but he's not expected to attend oral arguments later today. People like Rick Hall from Ohio began lining up yesterday to get a seat inside the courtroom. It kind of puts ideologically the justices in strange positions. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, says Justice Clarence Thomas should recuse himself from today's hearing. His wife, Virginia, is a conservative activist who sent multiple text messages to Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in the days following the election, urging them to fight the results. I'm afraid Justice Thomas, through his family, has crossed that line and he should recuse himself so there's no question of bias in his decision. The insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment was passed in 1868, originally created to keep former Confederate officials from holding office. The Supreme Court said they will try to rule quickly, likely weeks from now rather than months after today's arguments. John Stolnes, Washington. Making headlines today, the death of an infant at birth prompts a lawsuit. We'll have that story and more when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back here with America in the Morning. Storms dying down in the West, or are they? Let's check in with AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy for the update. Matt? The western U.S. has had a significant amount of moisture pass through in the last week, especially across California, where some areas recorded more than a foot of rain and feet of snow. Even as of last night, a second system moved through Southern California with some rain and mountain snow, some of which will linger into the start of today. 
For the rest of the day, the West Coast states will have plenty of clouds around, but any precipitation should be showery and light with most areas staying dry much of the time. The storm that moved through the Southern California area will shift into the southwest with some rain in the lower elevations and heavy mountain snow in Arizona, northward to Nevada, Utah, and reaching into Colorado and New Mexico. Some of the snow totals through parts of Arizona, southern Utah could reach two feet by late tonight into Friday morning. Another storm in the northern plains will produce snow from Montana eastward to the Dakotas with rain from the eastern Dakotas into Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. A cold front to the south of this storm will produce showers from Illinois and Indiana southward to eastern Texas and Louisiana. Several inches of snow will fall across parts of Montana into North Dakota into tonight. Out ahead of the system, it will be very mild through the Great Lakes and eastward. Even the southern plains into the southeast, high temperatures will reach 5 to 15 degrees above the historical average. And then farther north in the Great Lakes into the mid-Atlantic and northeast, temperatures will range 15 to 25 above average. That's the weather across America. Snow will continue in Flagstaff, Arizona today. We'll have another 6 inches by day's end, high around 30. Detroit, Michigan will have variable clouds and a mild afternoon with a high of 56. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy. Remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. In the Middle East, there's anger in Baghdad after a U.S. drone strike has killed a high-ranking terror group commander. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani reports the military action is in response to attacks against American bases in the region. U.S. officials suspect Qatab Hezbollah led an attack in Jordan late last month that killed three American troops. Today, two officials said a U.S. strike targeted a senior militia commander in Baghdad. And two officials with Iranian-backed militias say the strike killed Qatab Hezbollah's top operations commander for Syria. But we will take all necessary actions to defend the United States, our interests, and our people. We'll respond when we choose, where we choose, and how we choose. The strike comes days after the U.S. attacked dozens of sites in Iraq and Syria used by Iranian-backed militias and Tehran's Revolutionary Guard. Sagar Magani, Washington. The decapitation death of a baby during childbirth in a Georgia hospital has been ruled a homicide. Correspondent Clayton Neville has that story. 20-year-old Jessica Ross went into Southern Regional Medical Center in Riverdale last July after her water broke at 37 weeks. Her lawyers say she went into labor without expecting any complications. Tragically, during her delivery, uh, the baby was decapitated. The baby said to have become stuck because of shoulder dystocia. Dr. Tracy St. Julian allegedly tried for hours to deliver the child vaginally. You're supposed to do maneuvers and different maneuvers in order to basically get the baby out. And if, in fact, that doesn't work, then you go to a C-section. That eventually did happen, but the baby's head was delivered first, then the body taken out by C-section. The Clayton County Medical Examiner ruled the death as a homicide this week, as attorney Roderick Edmond explains. Homicide in this context means that the baby's death was due to the hands of another, another human being. He says the report shows the baby's neck was broken in two places. And that was the cause of death. The family suing the doctor and the hospital, and according to the medical examiner, the case is still being investigated by police with the chance it could be referred to the district attorney. I'm Clayton Neville. A milestone on Wall Street. 
and no plus for Disney. Those items and more next when America in the Morning continues after these messages. This is America in the Morning. Two famous rappers have filed a lawsuit against Walmart, and it's all about cereal. Rap artists Master P and Snoop Dogg claim Walmart and post-consumer brands sabotaged their cereal products. Calling it a blatant disregard of black-owned businesses, attorney Benjamin Crump claimed Post violated their agreement with Brodus Foods which the rappers own, saying Walmart did not stock their products, and in a video posted to Instagram found Snoop cereal boxes in unopened shipments in a storeroom. The lawsuit claims collusion and conspiracy charges that Walmart denies. Serving up a dose of Thursday business, here's CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Wall Street opens this morning with the S&P 500 index just five points away from 5,000. Investors will be watching for that today. The index has gone up pretty high pretty fast. And for investors who are worried that it's been pushed higher mostly by just the Super 6 stocks, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook parent, Meta, and NVIDIA, well, that's kind of true. Those are the stocks that are working right now. These are the best earnings growth stories in the market. Are they going up too fast? Perhaps. I wouldn't argue with that. But if that's your biggest quibble, that they're going up too fast and not, oh, these are terrible companies or, oh, earnings are falling apart. If that's your biggest quibble, then do yourself a favor. Take something off. Trim something. That's what I'm doing. Sell your least favorite stock. I did that yesterday. Red Holtz Wealth's Josh Brown on CNBC. The S&P 500 hit 4,000 almost three years ago in April of 2021. Disney reported quarterly results after the closing bell last night. It beat earnings estimates, increased its guidance as it slashed streaming losses at Disney+. Plus. It's also taking a major stake in the company that makes the video game Fortnite. We've entered into a, a strategic relationship with Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite, uh, to not only invest in the company Epic, which took a minority stake, billion, $500 million investment, but we're also creating with them a huge uh, Disney universe uh, that will be for gaming and for play. Disney CEO Bob Iger on CNBC. He also said ESPN will launch its flagship direct-to-consumer service in the fall of 2025, looking for subscribers. There was a, a sports streaming platform Disney was to be part of. Yeah, you're right. Disney's ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers have teamed up for a new sports streaming super app service later this year. We're not sure how that's going to work yet with this ESPN announcement. But either way, get ready to pay up for the new super sports streamer. A bet that by pooling their resources in streaming, they can get the customer to pay a big price for sports year round. And that's the big question here. What is the price of this service? Because we don't know yet, and it's probably going to be pretty hefty. What, what do you say? My bet is in the 30 range, 30 to 40. It's going to be substantial. Puck founder Matt Bellany with CNBC's Joe Kernan. On today's watch list, we get earnings from Expedia, Pinterest, Hershey, Under Armour, Honda, Ralph Lawrence, to name a few. To name a few. Thank you, CNBC's Jessica Edinger. When we return on America in the Morning, paranoid post-pandemic parents after these messages. 
Welcome back. You're with America in the Morning. Author Marianne Williamson has announced she's suspending her campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination. Considered a long shot, Williamson's announcement comes after President Joe Biden clinched his first official victory of the 2024 cycle in the South Carolina primary, had 90 percent of the Nevada primary vote and won by a landslide in New Hampshire, even though his name wasn't on the ballot. Williamson also ran in 2020, but failed to gain traction in a crowded primary field. This may be a byproduct of the pandemic, but some parents say they're confused on when to keep their sick children home from school. Correspondent Donna Warder reports. During the pandemic, schools asked parents to keep their children home at any sign of illness. Now some parents are saying that even though the emergency has ended, they haven't been given clear direction on if those rules have changed. For example, some school districts in California are encouraging children to come to class even when they have the sniffles, lice, or pink eye. Montgomery County, Maryland recommends keeping children home if they have a stomach ache. Because so many children fell behind academically during the pandemic, Pandemic, some school officials have re-evaluated their tolerance for illness. During the 2021-22 school year, more than a quarter of students missed at least 10% of the school year. I'm Donna Water. America in the Morning for Thursday, February 8, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour. A deal on immigration stalled in D.C. I'm Clayton Neville. Benjamin Netanyahu is rejecting Hamas's terms for a hostage release deal. Sagar Megani, Washington. Federal and local officials aren't taking any chances when it comes to security at Sunday's Super Bowl. I'm Mike Hempen. The Justice Department has completed their investigation into President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. I'm Lisa Dwyer. There's a debate in Florida over whether abortion should be on the ballot. I'm Shelley Adler. As a record storm slowly moves out of Southern California, authorities warn of a continued threat from landslides. I'm Jennifer King. This week marks the 50th anniversary of an American classic. I'm Kevin Carr. Back after these messages. Welcome back. You're with America in the Morning and a time for a check of the nation's weather. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy to take a look. A storm in the northern plains will produce snow in Montana, eastward to the Dakotas, with rain from the eastern Dakotas into Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. A cold front to the south of this will produce some showers from Indiana and Illinois, southward eastern Texas and Louisiana. Several inches of snow will fall across Montana into North Dakota today and tonight. Out ahead of the system, though, it's going to be very mild, and that will continue to build through the Great Lakes and eastward. Even in the southern plains into the southeast, high temperatures will reach 5 to 15 degrees above historical average. And farther north through the Great Lakes into the mid-Atlantic and northeast, temperatures will range from 15 to 25 degrees above average. There will still be plenty of sunshine in the eastern states with high pressure in place, but clouds will continue to build in the southern plains into the Great Lakes ahead of that storm. In the west, there has been a significant amount of rain and snow in the past week, especially across California, where some areas recorded more than a foot of rain and several feet of snow. 
Even last night, another area of low pressure dove southward through the southern part of California with additional rain and snow along and ahead of it. This will continue lingering into the morning hours before shifting eastward. Then for the rest of the day in the west coast, we'll see plenty of clouds around, but any precipitation will be showery and light with most areas staying dry much of the time. Going back to that storm that moved through California, it will shift into the southwest today into tonight with some rain in the lower elevations and heavy mountain snow in Arizona and northward to Nevada, Utah before reaching into Colorado and New Mexico. Some of the snow totals through parts of Arizona and southern Utah could reach two feet by late tonight into Friday morning. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Following Tuesday's Republican-led votes to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and a bill for Israel that both failed to pass, it was the Democrats' turn yesterday when a bill for Ukraine and southern border spending never made it through the Senate. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports that for now, states continue to take their own steps to protect against a surge of illegal immigration. The bill that needed 60 votes to get through was blocked by Senate Republicans as it failed 49 to 50. When we work together, we can solve problems. We did that here. And you decided no. Republican Senator Kirsten Cinema, who helped negotiate the bipartisan deal, had stern words for her colleagues. You decided you don't even want to debate it. You don't want to amend it. You don't want to tackle the problem. Partisanship won. Hardline conservatives in the Senate and the House have recently labeled the bill as a waste of money and are calling for a plan and an exit strategy to war overseas. The White House responding to the Senate vote, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. Congressional Republicans are choosing partisan politics over our national security and refusing to pass the bipartisan national security agreement that includes significant border reform. The package included money for Ukraine and Israel, and now Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer plans to move forward on that aid in a separate deal. We're going to give them both options. We're going to take, we'll take either one. No clear timeline on a potential plan there, and immigration reform still stalled in Congress. Meanwhile, on the southern border, the State Guard in Texas still manning Shelby Park, which it took over from U.S. Border Patrol after state leaders say agents were processing illegal migrants there. Uh, we saw a staggering amount of numbers come uh, this January. But since we closed down this area right here, we saw a dramatic decrease of migrants uh, wanted to cross. Um, so it's been pretty, pretty effective. And, you know, we've, we've really made an impact so far, I believe. Later today, Texas state lawmakers will join the governor at Shelby Park for a border security announcement. That in response to what state leaders are calling President Biden's reckless open border policies. The president still insisting it's Congress that needs to fix the problems at the border. I'm Clayton Neville. Calling it delusional, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is rejecting the terrorist group Hamas terms for a ceasefire and hostage release deal. As Washington correspondent Sagar Magani reports, Secretary of State Antony Blinken continues his shuttle diplomacy mission to find a way for the fighting to end and the hostages to be freed. 
After meeting with Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's in the Middle East again in hopes of brokering a ceasefire, Netanyahu called the Hamas terms, which include ending the war, delusional, and vowed to keep fighting until absolute victory. There is no other solution other than this complete and decisive victory, because otherwise it is just a matter of time till the next massacre, and the axis of terror from Iran will continue. So only by destroying Hamas will we have security for the state of Israel. Hours later, as I said to the prime minister and to other Israeli officials today, the daily toll that its military operations continue to take on innocent civilians remains too high. Blinken said while the Hamas proposal does have some non-starters. While there are some clear non-starters in Hamas's response, uh, we do think it creates space for agreement to be reached. And we will work at that relentlessly until we get there. Hamas says it will send a delegation to Cairo for more talks. We also see space in uh, what came back. Uh, to pursue negotiations to see if we can get to, uh, to an agreement. And that's what we intend to do. Um, and I'm not going to speak for uh, Israel or anyone else involved, but uh, again, we, we, we believe the space is there and we believe that we should pursue it. Sagar Megani, Washington. Federal and local officials aren't taking any chances when it comes to security at Sunday's Super Bowl. Correspondent Mike Hempen reports. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says there are no known threats to the Super Bowl or the city of Las Vegas. There are no known, credible, specific threats to the Super Bowl or to Las Vegas at this time. But we are vigilant and we are prepared. But Mayorkas says they don't want a repeat of what happened during the AFC Championship game in Baltimore. What happened in Baltimore underscores the vital importance of the mission, 385 men and women from the Department of Homeland Security are carrying out here in Las Vegas this week. The contest was stopped in the first quarter for several minutes. The timeout was called by security officials at MNT Bank Stadium in Baltimore when an unidentified drone flew over the stadium. It does not require much imagination to understand the significant threat such an incident could pose. The air around Allegiant Stadium has been designated by the Federal Aviation Administration as a no-drone zone. TSA officers have been trained to spot human trafficking, and extra agents will be added to handle record post-game crowds. My ask of everyone going to the Super Bowl or coming to Las Vegas this week is to remember, if you see something, say something. I'm Mike Hempen. Virtual reality headsets, fine for gamers, but not for drivers. That story, When America in the Morning, continues after these messages. Thanks for joining us here with America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. A missing Marine Corps helicopter carrying five troops from Nevada to California has been located. With details, here's correspondent Julie Walker. 
The military says that Marine helicopter has been found in a mountainous area outside of San Diego. It was located just after 9 in the morning Wednesday, California time, by civil authorities near the mountain community of Pine Valley. That's about a 45-mile drive from San Diego. But rescue crews said snow in the sparsely populated mountains covered in pine trees and thick brush was making access to the area challenging. Defense officials say the Marines were flying in a Sikorsky Super Stallion helicopter from Creech Air Force Base northwest of Las Vegas, where they had been doing unit-level training and were returning home to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego. I'm Julie Walker. The Justice Department has completed their investigation into President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. Lisa Dwyer has the update. Attorney General Merrick Garland says that the special counsel investigating President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents has completed his inquiry and a report is expected to be made soon. Garland did not detail the conclusions of the report from special counsel Robert Herr, but did say that he was committed to disclosing as much as possible once the White House completes a review of the document for potential executive privilege concerns. The years-long investigation centered on the improper retention of classified documents from Biden's time as a U.S. senator and as vice president. Sensitive records were found at his Delaware home and at a private office. I'm Lisa Dwyer. There's a debate in Florida over whether the issue of abortion should be on the ballot. Correspondent Shelley Adler reports. Florida's attorney general is expected to ask the state Supreme Court to keep an abortion rights measure off November's ballot, saying it misleads voters and could be used to expand abortion rights in the future. Proponents of the proposed amendment say the language is clear and concise and that Attorney General Ashley Moody is playing politics instead of letting voters decide whether to protect access to abortions. The proposed amendment would allow abortions to remain legal until the fetus is viable. I'm Shelley Adler. As that mammoth storm system slowly moves out of Southern California, authorities warn of a continued threat from landslides following record rainfall. Following that story is correspondent Jennifer King. Days of historic downpours dumped more than a foot of rain on Southern California, leaving soaked hillsides that can't hold any more water. Though the rain is easing up, we cannot drop our guard. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Our hillsides are already saturated, so even not very heavy rains could still lead to additional mudslides. Mudslides swallow cars and pressed up against houses in the Hollywood Hills. Evacuation orders have been lifted, but L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley says it's been a busy week. 475 mudslides, 390 fallen trees, multiple successful water rescues. Audio courtesy ABC7 Los Angeles. The storm is moving out with a few more inches of rain forecast for today. Some chances for rain up until about early Thursday morning. Bob Orbeck is with the National Weather Service. And then it looks like a somewhat drier pattern sets in. I'm Jennifer King. Former President Trump is recommending North Carolina GOP Chair Michael Watley to replace RNC Chair Rona McDaniel. Fox News is reporting there will be a change in leadership by the end of the month. Watley has served as the North Carolina GOP leader since 2019 and is also the general counsel for the Republican National Committee. McDaniel sent a message to GOP members yesterday afternoon 
telling them that she is still hard at work amid reports she may not be in her job much longer. The RNC has denied reports on McDaniel's status as party chair. The new VR headsets are all the rage, but police in California are warning drivers not to wear the Apple Pro Vision headgear when they're behind the wheel. With more on that cover-up, if you will, here's Chuck Palm. The new Apple Vision Pro virtual reality slash augmented reality headset is a hit, but not so much when you're driving. To absolutely no one's surprise, people are wearing the new Vision Pro while driving a Tesla. It should be noted the Apple Vision Pro does allow for a pass-through with a microsecond delay to actual reality. This is enough to cause a deadly accident and is not recommended by Tesla, Apple, or the Highway Patrol. Viral videos are popping up on X to many people's dismay. One video shows a driver in a Utah shopping mall in a Cybertruck, hands off the wheel, and waving around, presumably controlling the Vision Pro headset. Word has it some of these videos were staged, but nonetheless, highly dangerous. California Highway Patrol spokesperson Jamie Coffey said, The safe operation of a vehicle requires a motorist full attention to obey traffic laws, respond to changing road conditions, and anticipate actions of other motorists. We'd love to hear what you think at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. America in the Morning continues with our Robert Workman and a check of sports. NBA last night, the first place Celtics slashed the Hawks 125-117, 31 for Kristaps Porzingis. Pretty much every game is something a little bit different. I think the coaching staff is doing a really good job of giving me the answers, what it might look like, but it, it can be adjustments and things like that. So it's always on the go, and, and I'm, I'm trying to be as effective as I can for the team. Elsewhere, Donovan Mitchell scored 14 of his game-high 40 points in the fourth quarter as the Cavaliers pulled away from the Wizards. That's Cleveland's seventh straight win and 15th in its past 16 games. Pelicans sank the Clippers in a clash of division leaders out west. Warriors walloped the 76ers. Philly has lost seven out of eight, the last three without the injured Joel Embiid. Pistons got 37 from Jaden Ivey as they crowned the Kings. Heat spanked the Spurs, Jimmy Butler with a triple-double, and the Raptors erased a 15-point deficit as they beat the Hornets. Charlotte dropped its ninth straight despite a career-high 45 from Miles Bridges. The NBA trade deadline is this afternoon. Wednesday, the Celtics added forward Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies for a couple of second-round picks, while the Timberwolves sent two players and a pick to the Pistons for guard Monty Morris. College basketball, easy wins at home for number 6 Tennessee and number 9 Duke. 11th ranked Wisconsin was upset at Michigan, and number 19 Creighton fell in overtime at Providence. While in a rivalry game, number 12 Auburn handled number 16 Alabama. Hockey, the Maple Leafs shaded the Stars 5-4. Austin Matthews with his league-leading 41st goal. Rangers over the Lightning 3-1. And the Wild edged the Blackhawks 2-1. Nick Foligno had the tying goal for Chicago, but his brother Marcus put in the winner in period 3 for Minnesota. And with just three and a half days left until kickoff, the 49 remain a slight favorite over the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. That's Thursday Sports. Thank you, Robert. And stick around for more Super Bowl backstory. We'll have that next, along with the celebration of a comedy classic. America in the Morning returns after these messages. Welcome back. You're with America in the Morning. It's not just about football in Kansas City, as the Chiefs are preparing to take on the San Francisco 49ers in Sunday's Super Bowl in Las Vegas, as shops are playing up singer Taylor Swift's romance with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Entertainment correspondent Margie Zaraleta is on the case. 
Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift merchandise is flying off shelves in Kansas City. Sweatshirts that play off her song titles, Swift and Kelsey prayer candles, a cake with a Chiefs logo that burns away to show a drawing of Swift in a Chiefs uniform, the locally made jewelry that Swift herself has worn to games. Katie Mabry Van Deeren, owner of Shop Local KC, says she gets asked all the time if it's fair to profit off Swift this way. If she is wearing these items that the people have made with her boyfriend's number on it, I feel like she would support it. I'm Archie Zaraleta. Here's more late-breaking Taylor Swift news. The singing superstar's Eras Tour concert film will be heading to Disney Plus for streaming next month. And Swifties will also be able to hear five new songs as part of that release. And while some are wondering if Swift will be supporting any candidates in 2024... A deep fake showed up on X, formerly Twitter, but that was quickly debunked as being generated by artificial intelligence. A classic comedy that pushed the boundary on just about everything turns 50 this week. Kevin Carr has details. 50 years ago this week, one of the most notorious and funniest movies of the 1970s was released. Mel Brooks, known for your show of shows and Get Smart on TV and having recently won an Oscar for writing The Producers, directed Blazing Saddles, a send-up of the classic Hollywood Western. Using the backdrop of the genre, the film examined racism through satire. Are we black? Yes, we are. Then we're awake. But we're very puzzled. The story follows a corrupt attorney general trying to run settlers out of town, only to appoint a black sheriff that wins them over. How about some more beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Blazing Saddles was known for its taboo comedy and frequent use of the N-word. Hold it. The next man makes a move, the gets it. I've got to talk to you. Come here. Have you gone berserk? Can't you see that that man is a... You get the point. However, Blazing Saddles was also known for what it didn't say, using double entendre and suggestion. Excuse me while I whip this out. All right, help me in with this. Help me in with this. Help me in with this. Think of your secretary. Brooks had to tap dance around the studio censors as he explained to Bob Costas in 1991. He says to me, farting scene out. I I have a little pad. I say, farting scene is out. You got it. Ten things I kept saying, you're right. Absolutely. You got it. It's out. I go back to Warner Brothers. They say, what's out? I say, nothing. Of course, the rest is history. I'm Kevin Carr. America in the Morning for Thursday, February 8th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.